We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? And thanks for tuning in to Ducks Digest, coming to you from beautiful Eugene, Oregon. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We're still getting going over at Ducks Digest with tons of awesome content, and we're working on expanding to YouTube for video, and here we are. Uh, Now we're on the podcasting scene as well. We're growing the team, and we have a lot of awesome stuff on the way with fall camp just a few short weeks away here in Eugene. Um, you know, Ducks getting ready to defend the Pac-12 title, uh, and stuff's going on on the recruiting trail as well, and I really can't tell you just how excited I am for what's to come. So just wanted to get that out of the way, and without further ado, this is the first episode of the Ducks Digest podcast. Let's run it. They hand it off straight ahead. Oregon Ducks defeating the iconic, mighty United States women's national team. All right, here we are back ready to get into a bunch of awesome stuff. In this first episode, I want to talk about, um, you know, a little bit of a personnel move that we saw for the Ducks here uh, this week. Starting off, we're talking about Nick Toth. I hope I'm saying that right. Nick Toth. Nick Toth. Um, Mario Cristobal reportedly hired him. Uh, that's according to a report on footballscoop.com. Toth is uh, the former UCF special teams coordinator. And I think this is a really big hire for, for Cristobal and the Ducks just as they're as they're trying to develop their defense a little bit. You know, it kind of dropped off um, last year after we saw it just absolutely dominate really nationally uh, in the 2019 season under Andy Avalos. But uh, I think this is really big. So Toth is supposed to be working with the uh, outside linebackers. That's uh, according to that footballscoop.com report. And I think this is really big. You know, he he has a track record for forcing turnovers. Um, You know, when he was at Fresno State with Tim DeRuiter, the Ducks' new defensive coordinator, and he also spent some time at uh, Texas A&M with DeRuiter um, to help uh, develop Vaughn Miller, who, as we know, is a, an NFL star now. Um, and let's let's take it back real quick to, to Fresno State, right? You know, when 
when uh, Toth, I'm just going to go with Toth. When Toth took over um, in that first season at Fresno State, that is the 2012 season. They went from nine takeaways, the Fresno State Bulldogs did, in 2011 to 35 in 2012, which is just an unreal turnaround. And I think this is just really big because Deruder said in you know, some of his introductory press conferences at Oregon that he wants his defense to prioritize forcing turnovers. Did some research before hopping on here, and the Ducks uh, really didn't have the best turnover margin last year, to say the least. You know, if you followed this team, you knew that that wasn't really a strong suit for them last year, where it was in 2019. Um, Oregon had a minus nine turnover ratio. This is according to stats from NCAA.com. And when you're looking at where that ranks, that is tied with Michigan State for 121st out of 127 college teams in the 2020 football season. So just way, way down from where you really need to be if you want to be uh, you know, contending for national championships, which is what Mario Cristobal ultimately wants to be doing. Just to kind of put this into context, you know, I said that 121 rank, but some other teams uh, that, uh, you know, are kind of relevant, I feel like, in this conversation, Ohio State, one of Oregon's first opponents this fall. Last season, they finished with a plus 10 turnover ratio. Uh, same goes for Alabama, also plus 10. USC, um, looking like the, uh, you know, the biggest challenger for Oregon this season, had a plus 5, as well as Washington with a plus 5 turnover margin. And um, Arizona State plus eight you know say what you will with uh you know the the investigation going on but I mean other than that I feel like this team was that team was really looking like they were heading in the right direction so I think this is an awesome hire it's just another example of how calculated Mario Cristobal has been from the jump when it comes to making hires you know people sometimes fans are like oh like everything's falling apart we need to hire right this second like now 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 and that's just not how Cristobal operates. You know, he's going to, you know, block out the outside noise. He's going to make calculated moves. He's going to vet people, you know, bring in tons of people for interviews until he finds that right man. And I think that, um, you know, Toth really fits fits the need here, especially with the youth that Oregon has on the outside following the Isaac Slade Matautia transfer. Um, I think that when you bring in a guy that has a track record like he does of, you know, just really turning around defenses and, and making a positive impact and someone who's worked with Deruder. I mean, now Deruder has two former coaches that he's worked with, with Marcel Yates uh, helping out in the secondary coming over from Cal, Deruder's last stop. So just another awesome hire. You know, uh, I don't want to jump the gun here because obviously they haven't played a game yet under him. But, you know, at least looking at the optics on the outside here, that is uh, that's looking like another strong hire for the Ducks here. Um, if you couldn't tell already, I'm, uh, I'm so low for this. So I'm going to take a couple quick drinks and, you know, little breaks here to to keep myself going, sipping on a Snapple. If you've been listening to some podcasts here in the past, um, you know that I'm a fan of Snapple. I'm not sponsored yet. That How cool would that be, though, if that was the first sponsor that we got uh, That would on the Ducks Digest podcast? That'd be pretty cool. All right, so that's pretty much the biggest team news that we have of late. You know, I, I was a... Uh, I was down at the opening at the beginning of July and it was just, it was so fun. And, you know, I got to cover a lot of great stuff for SIL American and, you know, I take a step away from Eugene and, and everything pops off. So I want to talk about this crazy commitment streak that we've seen the Ducks, uh, you know, kind of going through here to start off July. And let's just start off with the biggest name, right? The one that everyone wants to hear about, Kelvin Banks, five-star offensive lineman out of Texas, um, specifically the Houston area, I believe. 
Um, you know, this is just such a big addition for a variety of reasons. You know, I talked to Banks multiple times throughout his recruitment. You know, he had he had nothing but good things to say about the Ducks following his official visit here in Eugene. And, and um, you know, I think this it was a little bit of a challenge for for the staff because I think he was this the Ducks were the second visit that he made. Um, I think it was LSU, Oregon. And then Oklahoma State was the next visit where he was formally committed to. You know, he talked to talked to me about kind of what he liked about Stillwater, kind of a laid back vibe. He he loves doing outdoor stuff, you know, fishing and what have you. And you know, he can certainly do that in Eugene. But going back to to where he was uh, initially pledged, OK State and Mike Gundy. You know, maybe there was a little bit of a uh, you know a threat there for the Ducks as far as you know, hey, you know let's just refresh you of why you fell in love with this place in the first place and uh, initially committed, but went there and then he had Texas and then he finished everything off with Texas A&M and both those Texas schools are just absolutely red hot on the recruiting trail. Uh, You know, Steve Sarkeesian entering his first year, the whole all gas, no breaks uh, mantra is just really big right now. Um, A lot of people, uh, a lot of recruits are just super excited about that. You know, he's set records for offensive production of all sorts at uh, Alabama, and a lot of people are hopping in. And um, you know, he's trying to put up as best as one can in the state of Texas, put up some fences to keep those people home. Um, so yeah, big win over Texas, and then A and M with Jimbo Fisher. You know, I think that they're they're you know right up there for teams that could break into the playoffs i feel like um you know a&m's really really solid at the time that banks committed his the entire class of 2022 at a&m was all texas kids so it was definitely a big recruiting battle for the ducks to win and i think they just you know they outworked uh they outworked the the competition you know that daily communication from from cristobal and mirabal who really doesn't get enough credit as a recruiter, Mirabal, that is, you know, they just really stayed on him with that contact, created that genuine vibe that everybody gushes about when uh, they leave Eugene. And here we go, another massive addition on the offensive line, you know, could potentially be very well be the headliner in this 2022 class. So Kelvin Banks, uh, we got him starting things off. And then we had Cameron Williams, another offensive lineman, this time from Duncanville in Texas. And he's even bigger than uh, Kelvin Banks, who's a, a big dude in his own right. But Cameron Williams, uh, I think he's rocking like 6'7", 340, 350 range. Um, you know, he came down to a, a final three of Oregon, Texas, and Oklahoma. Uh, I talked to him following his commitment. You can read that story on Ducks Digest. Came down to Oregon and Texas. And, you know, Texas kind of got in the picture late. I believe they offered in around February. And, you know, the Ducks were just there for the longest time. And, uh, you know, my, my guy Reed Tingley talked to uh, Williams after his visit to Oregon. And he said, hey, you know, they, they moved him up for sure. Uh, that, that visit did. It moved them up, I should say. And, you know, you got to give credit to some of the other Oregon uh, commits from the state of Texas. Um, you know, before we hit this recent streak, you had Stephon Johnson from DeSoto, Texas. He's a wide receiver, um, you know, just has all kinds of dope energy. Um, you know, he's just fun to watch. He's an electric guy. Uh, you know, he's always dancing on social media and, you know, celebrating and just really an infectious energy kind of guy. You know, he was on Cam Williams to try to get him to come to Oregon, as was Landon Holaby. Um, also from Texas, he's a safety that's riding with the Ducks in this 2022 class. So credit to them. And, you know, with these two big offensive linemen, it's just Mario Cristobal is just, you know, doing what he's done best. And, you know, he's proving that he can make Oregon, not that it isn't already, but he's making it even more, if that's possible, a more attractive destination for, you know, top offensive linemen, you know, come here, you know, you'll be taken care of. Um, you know, uh, he's got 
he's got Alex Mirabal there who uh he we were talking to him in spring practice and he was saying you know I'm just his GA you know he really runs the show um so you have some awesome awesome developers of talent there um you know Cameron Williams he's you know he's at Duncanville like I mentioned and that kind of gives you another inroad into Texas you know if you get a guy from a big school like that I believe they're ranked number 15 in the country for max preps uh preseason national rankings you get one kid and if they have someone you know the next year that uh Oregon's looking at and it's like hey you know we had Williams last year you know Cam's loving it up here and it's just it's really that easy not that easy but it's you start that relationship and you can get those powerhouse pipelines as I like to call them Uh, I had a story about on that a while ago on Dex Digest but yeah just starting those relationships and big time programs is, is just so big and then staying in the state of Texas again we have wide receiver Nicholas Anderson uh, chose Oregon over some schools like Notre Dame, uh, USC, Penn State. Um, you know, those are some of the visits that he took uh, this summer. And the the Ducks stay hot at wide receiver with uh, another big addition uh, like Anderson, who was recently highlighted on the SIL American watch list at receiver as one of the, you know, the top wideouts in the country um, to keep an eye on. And this was a commitment that I had no idea was coming. I mean, I, I knew he had the offer, um, but it just shows you again, you know, all you got to do uh, is get these kids on campus. And, you know, that atmosphere at Oregon is just, you know, second to none. Um, especially with the success that they've had at wide receiver and, you know, the track record that, uh, Brian McClendon's had of, of developing guys is just huge. Um, so I think that was, you know, definitely something really big. I haven't been able to talk to Anderson yet, but, you know, he's a, a guy who, who's really polished and, you know, he's a, a strong runner, uh, big guy, 6'4", 195 out of Katy, Texas. So again, that Texas pipeline is just insane. And, uh, you know, he's a guy who's going to fight for every yard. He's a good route runner, can, can track the ball really well, has some pretty good speed. Um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know if I'd say he's, you know, super, super dynamic. Like I, he's, I don't think he's going to take the top off of the defense necessarily, but he's just a really well-rounded receiver and you need that, you know, you need to have your guy that's going to be Mr. Consistent. Um, and I think we're just seeing a lot of great variety in this recruiting class so far at receiver, particularly, and then moving along, we got two more guys to talk about. Isaiah Satania uh, from Fayetteville, Arkansas. You know, originally uh, a guy that's actually from Texas. So, uh, you know, just here we go. Texas, Texas, Texas again. I mean, it's one of the top three states in the country um, as far as, you know, major college football talent. Um, but he's doing his thing over in Fayetteville. And I mean, this is just a guy I'm so excited to get to Oregon. Um, you know, I, I wrote a piece about why he's the receiver that Oregon needs and really has needed for a number of years. That's not to say that the the talent hasn't been there at receiver. I mean, you've just seen some big guys like Devin Williams, Micah, um, Micah Pittman coming to Oregon. Chris Hudson looks like he's going to be an absolute baller. Um, we've seen him flash, but they haven't really had a pure speed guy like uh, like Satania since Devin Allen, you know, who who's a track guy like Satania. And I shouldn't say that Satania is a pure speed guy, but that's, you know, his characteristic that I feel like is the most appealing to a lot of college coaches because when you have a speed guy that can take the top off of a defense, it just forces you to plan, you know, you make your game plan, um, you know, in a totally different way. You know, you got to be more conservative. Uh, it opens things up over the middle and, um, you know, his, his value is just, I feel like you can't really overstate it. You know, he's a, a dynamic guy that can, you know, break tackles to a degree, you know, shuck defenders off with stiff arms. 
Um, he also adds added value in the kick return game as a special teamer. And this is another huge recruiting win because it came down to Oregon and USC. I mean, just think of how, how sour of a taste that would have left in the staff's mouth if he went to USC. I talked to him after he visited Oregon and, you know, the track element was definitely at play and, you know, there's no better place to be a track athlete than at Oregon. And, um, you know, he said, I'm, I'm a raw prospect. I feel like, you know, I really didn't think I could do something with football until maybe around ninth grade. So that's freshman year. Um, he hasn't really been, you know, coached up individually like a lot of these other big time receivers have. And McClendon has proven to be one of the best developers. He's got guys like Debo Samuel and Brian Edwards in the league. So, um, you know, those just some of the factors that were at play for how Oregon won out. Um, so he's another guy that I'm, I'm real excited to, to see in that green and yellow. And then the last commit I want to talk about is Michael Wooten out of Sierra Canyon. Uh, he visited with his teammate, Kenji Swanson, who has since committed to Stanford. But Sierra Canyon, you know, they're not just a basketball school. <laughs> you know, they, they have uh, some, some big talent in, on the football field in their own right. And Wooten... Um, after he visited, he, you know, he talked to our Dylan Rubin King and he, he, uh, you know, told him, Hey, we're going to, we're going to cut things down to two here. Um, actually I think it was before he talked to Dylan, but, um, it came down to Oregon and Colorado is what I'm saying. And, you know, that's another PAC 12 recruiting win. I mean, maybe, maybe Colorado was a player that could have used him, you know, was in a little bit more need of a player like him than, than Oregon per se. But this dude is just a mauler in the run game. Um, you know, does a lot of his damage, uh, from the left tackle spot. But when I talked to him, he was saying, yeah, you know, I could try to move things around a little bit if I need to. And he's just a, a great kid who's ready to work. And, uh, Oregon's offensive line class is quickly, quickly filling up. You got Banks, Cameron Williams, Wooten, as well as Percy Lewis from, um, Mississippi Gulf Coast College, I believe is, uh, the school he's at. I know it's a JUCO in Mississippi, but it might be escaping me just at this second, but yeah, things are really are really heating up there. Got names like Dave Uly announcing uh, shortly. Um, he's a guy from Washington, one of the best offensive linemen on the West Coast. So absolute, you know, catching fire on the recruiting trail. And uh, kind of just want to um, keep moving right along here. We're going to talk about Jurion Dickey. He's a wide receiver from Valley Christian High School in San Jose. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm from San Jose, California originally. So, um, you know, Valley Christian is definitely a name that is uh, familiar for me. And uh, then, so yeah, here we go. 2023 wide receiver, 6'2", 210. He had a video that made it on SportsCenter, um, their Instagram at least, where he was at the Routes versus Coverage Showcase in Oakland. Uh, end of the game, just went up to absolutely moss a kid. And it was just super disgusting. Won the game. I talked to him about the play, about, uh, you know, kind of what would have happened. He said, if we didn't make that, if I didn't make that catch, you know, we wouldn't have uh, gone to the championship game. So a lot was on the line. And I think this is a guy that's been, this is a guy that's been waiting for that Oregon offer for some time. You know, he told me I grew up watching Oregon highlights before Pop Warner games, you know, watching D'Anthony Thomas, the, the whole nine. And he said that, you know, this offer, you know, childhood goal accomplished, at least for now, but he's not. He's not satisfied. He's still looking for big offers. Uh, Washington's been talking to him. He's waiting for that offer, and he wants to see some schools from the South, like Alabama, Clemson, LSU, getting in the picture. But the Ducks recently offered him, so that was a, a really big one for him. Byron Marshall, a former Duck that also went to Valley Christian. You know, we know kind of what kind of special talent he was at Oregon: a thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. Um, obviously, in separate seasons, but he was the first player in Pac-12 history to do that. 
and you know Jurion Dickey is uh, he's just going to see his his uh, you know recruiting stock rise even more. He was one of the guys that I got to see at the opening, got to meet him, and he was just consistently one of the top performers despite being a 2023 guy going up against some of the top talent in the country. And I think that this is just big for the Ducks because you want to get in early on those 23 guys, even though the 2022 class is popping off right now. You can't get complacent, and you got to keep working ahead. So if they can, you know, keep keep on him maybe close this one up earlier you know you never know and if you get him you're getting another guy into that California pipeline which has been very very generous to the Ducks in recent cycles all right want to pick it up again with Dave Uli um, you know I mentioned him a little bit early in the, in the pod but he's a guy that uh, he's looking pretty good it's looking like it, it might be Oregon here um, you know from kind of what we've seen and you know our Dylan Rubin Kings talked to him and it's, it's looking good for the Ducks as he eyes his decision on Saturday, July 17th. He's working from a top five of Oregon, Washington, USC, Cal, and Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, he, he told our Dylan Rubin King that he wanted to, you know, kind of stay loyal to Washington. That's, that's where he's from. He's from Puyallup. Um, you know, Washington's kind of been up and down, if you want to say, on, on the recruiting trail. They're they're definitely just not anywhere near the level that Oregon's at right now. They had, you know, some time when uh, Chris Peterson was there where they were, you know, kind of hanging in there and, you know, winning some of those recruiting battles. But I think that, uh, you know, if you're looking at the offensive line class for Oregon, you know, Yuli could, uh, could very well wrap it up and be kind of the the bow on top of this class. You know, you have another Pacific Northwest guy in Josh Connerly, who's in 2022. I think he's a five-star, but he's another guy that the Ducks would certainly like to take. But if you can get Yuli, I mean, that's just another amazing, amazing class. Um, you know, he, he took a visit to, to USC as well as Cal um, this uh, this June in that, you know, that month window that we had for visits. And um, I don't believe he, he visited UW recently. He might have gone to one of those uh, spring practices. You'll have to fact check me on that one. Um, but bottom line, decisions looming. Ducks are red hot. You know, I, I just I can't bet against Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal for for any of these top tier offensive linemen anymore. I, I just I can't. It, it wouldn't it wouldn't be smart to do so. So. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's certainly looking good for Oregon, and we could see the Ducks climb again with another big commitment uh, on Saturday. And then, you know, moving right along here, um, the Ducks, like I just said, you know, we have a lot of action at wide receiver recently. So, you know, the way things go with recruiting, everyone's always saying, okay, we got him. What's next? What's next? What's next? You know, it's, it never stops. That's why it's so fun to follow. It's year round, 24 7, 365. Uh, people want to know what's next at wide receiver, and I think that the biggest name, at least one of the biggest names, is Tetiro McMillan, Servite wide receiver out of Anaheim. He was named the opening MVP. I got to talk to him a couple times when I was down there in LA, and the dude just put on a show. Super humble kid, you know, really fluid in his movements, uh, awesome body control. It's just a straight up playmaker. You know, he, he's I'd say he's probably one of the best wide receivers on the West Coast in this 2022 class, and you know had a ton of offers but has since narrowed down uh you know his his decision uh to Oregon USC and Arizona uh he's looking to make that decision before his uh senior season so call it July or August you know uh, high school seasons usually start kind of late August time frame and the Ducks are definitely in a good spot you know he I talked to him he had really good things to say about Brian McClendon um 
and you know there's the the culture that Oregon's built um and you know even though even though Oregon hasn't been sending a lot of guys to the league at wide receiver of late you know I don't think that that's that's not gonna you know negatively impact them in this recruitment I think that that's one of the questions that I've started to kind of dig into a little bit more as I talk to recruits you know Oregon has so much momentum right now but when you're going up against a school like a USC uh, in this instance, which is really just a wide receiver factory, you know, how does that kind of play in here? You know, you have guys like Amon Ra of St. Brown who just got drafted. You have Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, so many big names in the NFL that went to USC, but I think the Ducks are in a great spot here. Um, I'm working on an update for him uh, coming up here in the next couple of days, but what it's what it could come down to, you know, we have Arizona as kind of a, a dark horse, but they're really in there, even though it's you know the top three right now. His quarterback at Servite, I believe it's Noah Fafita, is committed there, and um, you know they've been they've been best friends for a while. I think he said that was his quarterback since eighth grade. So you know the, the possibility of teaming up with your high school wide receiver, sorry, high school quarterback rather, um, you know, certainly, certainly appealing when you're looking at your college decision, but you know, USC is trying to get him out there for an official visit. He uh, took an unofficial um, semi recently, but um, I think, you know, the, the official visits really when a team is able to, to really lay out their red carpet treatment, right? You know, it's a multiple day trip, even though he's already in Los Angeles, more or less, um, you know, you can really pull out all the stops when you have him on, on campus for an extended period of time. They get to host with a player, kind of see what life is like at USC and, and in Los Angeles and kind of, you know, they get the pitch about, you know, hey, you have all these opportunities if you come, uh, you know, come play for us and go to school here, connections in L.A. So, I mean, I, I think as of right now, I would probably say Oregon leads, but it, it this one is super tight. I mean, I, I can't I can't I can't front. It's it's a super tight race. Um, I, I'm feeling relatively confident that he could end up at Oregon. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that you make room for no matter how tight your class is. You just, he's the kind of talent that you need. And it looks like if they don't land him, they're going to end up the ducks. That is, they're going to end up playing him at some point in, in pac 12 play, whether it be, uh, in Tucson or Los Angeles. So keep an eye out on any, uh, any news coming out about Tetairo McMillan dude is an absolute gamer, and uh, certainly a huge priority for Oregon here moving forward. Just two more, uh, two more points here on the the uh, first episode of the Ducks Digest podcast. Um, we got uh, cornerback Ephesians Prysock, I believe that's how you say his name. Um, he's at Bishop Alimani High School um, down in Southern California, and I think he's one of the Ducks' uh, top priorities at corner right now. Stick, still looking for their first cornerback in this 2022 class, uh, which I believe is in the top 10 now. Uh, certainly the top class in the Pac-12. Uh, and this this run of commitments was really just a, a roaring answer to USC on the recruiting trail. But let's talk about Prysock. You know, the Ducks recently have one of their uh, other cornerback targets, Ben Morrison. Uh, he committed to Notre Dame on Thursday. Um, and Notre Dame is, oh my God. I mean, Notre Dame is just absolutely killing it. I mean, I haven't checked the rankings today, but Ohio state, you know, is still, I believe the, the clear cut number one, but Notre Dame's on a tear, especially after landing, uh, Jalen Sneed, who was another Oregon target. So, uh, ducks kind of going head to head with Notre Dame in a couple of these, but price is a guy that has uh, you know, pretty legit interest in, uh, in the ducks. I was, uh, talking to him earlier today. He, uh, hasn't made it out to campus this summer just yet. Took uh, an official to Ohio State, which is just 
done a really good job with defensive backs in recent years. Really, I mean, any position, and you name it, and they're they're sending guys to the league. So Ohio State's going to be a tough contender there. Loved that visit. His dad really liked that school, uh, still likes that school, and then also took an unofficial to USC. I mean, you kind of see it with all these uh, L.A. guys, you know, whether it be USC or UCLA, it's just a short trip up the road, and they can always make that. So, of course, I had good things to say about that, but um, you know, Jonte Williams leading the leading the way in that recruitment. He's a uh, he's looking like he's um someone that that uh Price Rock told me that he's like, hey, he's a guy that can develop me. But you know, talk about the Ducks here. He he. The big news that I want to say is that he he told me he's going to be uh you know taking an official visit to Oregon. Um, it's it's a uh, I feel like it's kind of news that I would take with a grain of salt because he said that he might even commit as soon as uh you know later this month here in July. But he wasn't totally sure because he hasn't taken all of his visits. So, um, you know, this is a guy that the Ducks need to get on campus. He's a bigger defensive back at 6'3", around 180. Uh, I feel like you're seeing longer corners or defensive backs just dominate in college football now. Um, and since the Ducks don't have a, a corner yet, they already have safety pretty much figured out with Holoby and Trajan, um, Trajan Williams. Uh, they, they need to get things going at corner cornerback a little bit, especially uh, if you have a, a guy that's looking at USC as well. So um, looks like he's going to be uh, narrowing his schools here in the future. Not totally sure when, but Ducks are definitely in a good spot with Rod Chance leading the way. Um, and, you know, Mario Cristobal also has a good relationship with, uh, with Ephesians. Um, you know, nothing but good things to say there. Uh, you know, likes his energy, um, you know, the, the family vibe, kind of just the, the normal things that you see. But, you know, it's still wor- worth mentioning here uh, when we're talking about Price Ox. So we're going to see if he can, when he gets on campus and kind of what happens with his recruitment. All right. So the last thing I want to talk about today, uh, I don't know exactly what time we're at just yet, but don't want to go too, too long here on the first episode. Let's talk about Saturday Night Live. Uh, you know, for, for people who are new to Oregon recruiting, uh, or just Oregon football, whatever it may be, you know, we got all kinds of listeners here. Um, Saturday Night Live is, aside from the spring game, it is the single biggest recruiting event of the calendar year for the Ducks. You know, you got, this is that event where they try to bring in as many commits, uh, as many top targets as they can all to Eugene, you know, you get to see them in person, shake their hand, you know, see them play, take your, your measurements, which I think was one of the biggest, uh, you know, challenges of recruiting during the pandemic is that you you just couldn't see these, these guys in person, you know, does this guy really look like he's a legit six foot or, you know, is this lineman really 300 pounds? You know, how does he move? How does he carry his weight? That's all things you can try to guess on a screen. But when you, when you see that in person, I think it really leaves a different impression, but we're already seeing um, the Ducks working on getting some pretty big visitors. You got Cyrus Moss, one of the top defensive line edge, kind of hybrid linebacker um, targets for Oregon, playing out of Bishop Gorman. He announced that he's going to be back uh, in Eugene. He took one of his, he took his official first official, I believe uh, it was uh, to Eugene, and just had a lot of great things to say. Uh, the Ducks staff got him on campus, and he was talking to one of the staffers saying, Hey, you know, I'm hoping to get a Jeep this summer, you know, kind of summer, summertime thing. And then they heard that and they took him on a Jeep ride, uh, you know, here on the the trails, uh, around Eugene, you know, beautiful outdoors in Oregon. I might be going on a little bit of a tangent here, but one thing I want to say, like a lot of people, I think when you're looking at Eugene, it's not, you know, maybe as attractive of a destination, you might say as like a, uh, you know, a school or a, a town like USC, like Los Angeles, I can't talk. A town like Los Angeles, 
where USC is. So that's what I'm trying to say. A lot of the guys that I talk to, they like a big thing that they like about Eugene is is all of the outdoor opportunities that they have. And you know, we see all these videos and photos on on Oregon social media. You know, of uh, players just enjoying doing stuff outdoors year round. So I think that's kind of an under underrated um, recruiting you know element. So wanted to drop that there. But yeah, I think when you're looking at SNL, they didn't have it last year. It was looking like they uh, you know. I was going to say it was looking like they could have recruits for the spring game, but that was never really in the conversation. It was looking like, because they were still the dead period, but it was looking like, um, you know, the spring game was still going to be a pretty big event. looks like they were going to have fans there. And then, you know, we all know what happened with that, with the pandemic. I don't want to go into that. And it was just media. So what I was going to say is, you know, the spring game is usually the biggest recruiting event of the year. But the fact that they didn't have Saturday Night Live, the fact that recruits were not able to come to Eugene for the spring game, uh, I think it just it's leading to you know just big things potentially coming from this Saturday Night Live camp. The fact that they didn't have it last year is just building the anticipation for it, you know. And there there's going to be guys there that the Oregon staff is maybe on the on the edge of you know maybe offering or maybe I just want to see this kid play. And if he wants to commit, then something could you know once I see them play, then that answers all the questions that I have. And he's a guy that you know turns into a take at that point. So. A lot of big things come in here. Um, you know, the, a date that we've seen thrown out there on social media, but hasn't been confirmed yet is July 31st for that Saturday Night Live camp. So we're kind of just going off of what we're seeing recruits saying. Um, just want to emphasize there's been no official uh, announcement or, uh, you know, confirmation from Oregon that that uh, Saturday Night Live event is happening. But we're going to we're going to act like it is because recruiting never stops and recruiting is always huge. Um, but you know, I think that's it. We're going to, we're going to wrap up the first episode there. Um, touched on a lot of awesome stuff. Going to give myself a, a shameless plug. If you guys want to find more of my work and more of my team's work, uh, we got Dylan Rubin King and Reed Tingley doing awesome work over on ducksdigest.com. You can also head to si.com slash college slash Oregon. And that's where you can find us. That's our website. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at M Taurus Sports. That's M T O R R E S S P O R T S. Um I used to do that with Jacob Archer when I was when we were wrapping up our pod. I never knew I knew how to spell my name, but words get hard. You know how it is. M Taurus Sports on Twitter, M Taurus Sports on Facebook. We got Ducks Digest Twitter at Ducks Digest. Same thing goes for Facebook. But yeah, really excited to get this thing going. Hoping to be uh, you know, pretty consistent with these podcasts once I get my setup all figured out. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you in the next episode. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.